Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Hey, Goodwill Church, welcome to the very first episode of our Goodwill Church podcast that we are calling Goodwill Talk. We are really excited to be coming to you through a a whole new medium. We're going to be doing podcasts regularly, and this is an opportunity for us to share a little bit about what's going on in the life of the church. Um, You can get to know the pastors a little bit more through this as well, because we're going to be sharing our own hearts and, and how we're walking through all the craziness that life throws at us in our church family. Um, now, I'm going to be one of your regular co-hosts, but I'm also joined today by another of our regular co-hosts, Pastor John Torres, and he's going to be on a lot of these episodes with us. And so, Pastor John, welcome, episode one. It's great to be here. It's great to be here again. We already recorded episode one. <laughs> we did. But it was completely inappropriate after COVID-19 and the coronavirus did its thing and showed up and changed oh. the world, at least temporarily, but probably more than temporarily. Yeah. So this is a restart. We uh, have to restart. Yeah. I mean, it would have felt really tone deaf. I know. We, we, <laughs> we were talking about our, our stewardship campaign and other things going on yeah. in the life of the church that are not going on not in going the life on. of the church for oh. the foreseeable future. You know, it's, it's crazy because we, we had this plan. We're going to start a podcast. We're going to launch it. We're launching it at the same time. We're launching it right after Holy Week, Yeah, just like we'd planned. Yeah, that's right. But that's literally the only part of this that's going to plan. Everything else has changed because um, topics are going to be different. We're in, we recorded our first episodes in a different world. Yeah. I mean, it's totally different now. Definitely. And so we're starting over. We're, we're, um, we have another co-host that's going to be joining us in a couple of episodes, um, maybe a little further into all of this COVID-19 craziness. Right. But, you know, what we want to look at first is um, what it means to have all of your plans change. Well, that's what we're experiencing. That I is. Mean, and, and you said something interesting there. Our, our plans changed, but they didn't all change, you know? So, but enough of the change has, has hit us and hit us hard, and it's... It's about processing it. It's about uh, trying to define it. Um, what what does this mean? And so we're all struggling with this. Like nobody has, nobody's written the book yet on COVID nineteen. <laughs> you know, somebody's out there is working on it. Oh, you but know, but that's it. the that's the point. It's it's not even written yet, so we don't right. even really know what we're going through. We have some idea, and we're we're coming up with other ideas as as we move forward, and we're we're tracking. Uh, the, the mental health of people realizing, well, that's that's going to be new and increased. That's going to elevate. So uh, we need to upgrade what we offer and what we talk about and what we think about in terms of people's basic mental health, because that's being threatened by this, of course, oh, yeah. as well as our physical health by the actual virus. Well, and, and relational health as well. Right. Because, you know, so many of us are isolated into our homes. And those relationships that we really um, thrive with, especially those in the church, right? You come to church, and and you don't just want to hear an amazing worship service and an amazing sermon, and you don't want just the content. You want the contact with people. Right. You want to be able to hug somebody. You want to shake a hand on the way out the door. You want those points of contact that we've all lost. And and that takes a toll on our on our mental health, our emotional health, but also those relationships we really need. 
have been threatened by this because now it's a lot more work to stay in contact with folks. Oh, it is. And it's not real contact because the physical part is essential. And I think we definitely took that for granted. And now we look back, look back just two months ago or three months ago and think, well, I never really thought about being with people as a big deal. But the next time I'm with a bunch of people and it's okay to be with a bunch of people and I'm not going to get arrested or you know, something like that, uh, that, that next time is going to register with me like being with people never has. So are you, are you saying you're going to become a hugger? Well, I, I, I kidded about that in one of my early blogs, you know, because yeah. I'm hugophobic. I don't know. I, I, I'll continue to hug people with my eyes. Uh, that sounds kind of creepy, I know. But uh, you know what I mean? It's just, but just physical, just having two or three people in a room yeah. is, is so different than a screen with, you know, a, a panel of people on yeah. that screen. Oh, you know, no. the, the Zoom. I love Zoom. <laughs> I can't wait to not use it anymore. Know, right? It's <laughs> funny because Zoom's stock is skyrocketing, but the moment this thing's over, they're basically going to go out of business. It's going to plummet yeah. because nobody's going to want to use it People anymore. People are going to appreciate it and then not. Like, yeah. you know? Well, and, and you know that has something to do with the worship service as well. Right. Right? I mean, um, listen, we just, we just had our Easter service. Great. We, we did everything we could to make our Easter service really wonderful for people. It's nothing like being in worship with your brothers and sisters, everybody together saying he is risen indeed. Like it's just you can't you can't manufacture that through a screen. No. It's not possible. And that energy we need that energy. We need those events, those mile markers. Life is something we live together, physically together. And and the one advantage of the way we've been doing the services is that families are tending to gather together mm-hmm. and watch on the screen, and and they're more together than they are normally because <laughs> yes. the, the family dynamic <laughs> in a typical home during COVID nineteen is is a strange one. Oh man, Every, you know <laughs> this, this is we're talking about when God changes things, He's changed things right. in the family, right? I mean, I think about what the rhythms of life were. And, and we really looked forward to those times where we were all together because they were rare. You know, I mean, my wife and I are both going to work. The kids are going to school. Um, after school, there's after school activities. There's church activities. To be able to sit down and have a family dinner was awesome. We loved that. Um, that's less vital now. It, it feels like it because we're right. constantly together. And, um, you know, there's a real beauty to that. There's a real strain to that, if we're honest. Right. Um, but... Again, these are a lot of the changes that have been thrown our way, and it's disorienting because these aren't changes we wanted. These were changes forced on us, and I think a lot of people are really struggling with that. Sure. A lot of pastors who resisted closing when we were supposed to close said, well, during times like this, this is when we need to be together. And you can totally understand where they're coming from, because if we look at how the church is, we look at Jesus with his disciples, he's with his disciples. If we look at Acts chapter 2, it's people coming together. And, and you know, more than just physically. They were together physically, but then the, the, the tongues of fire fell on the, the disciples, and they all spoke different languages so that everyone who spoke different languages right. felt included. 
So they were physically included. They were emotionally and spiritually included, brought together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you go through Acts chapter 2, you get to the end, and they're, they're having a great time. They're enjoying food together, enjoying fellowship together, yeah. enjoying how the Holy Spirit works when we're together. That's what we know. Well, that's and, who we are. And that's, that's what we've been preaching. That's church. Yeah. I mean, we, we have been saying for so long, Christianity is not an individualistic religion with you and God. It's supposed to be communal. We're always supposed to, you know, it's together. Yeah. It's the, the Christian life is built around the rhythm of, of being together in worship every weekend. Everything about the Christian life is supposed to be with our brothers and sisters. And this virus has struck at the heart of that because um, in order to be not just good citizens of the United States, but good citizens of the kingdom of God, we're staying home. Like it's a, it's a spiritually right thing to do yeah. to not flout what the what the government has been telling us to do and and i know there are people who have gotten in the headlines and there are right. people who have have made their stands and put their movements together to say ah oh, we don't care what the government says we're doing our own thing that's not christian faithfulness right that's that's actually all. rebellion right <laughs> and that's that's the opposite of christian faithfulness well it really started to trouble me when i was preparing the sermon for palm sunday and i realized that uh, i think one of the lines from the sermon was you know when we uh are intentionally careless about being potentially contagious with COVID-19, that we're in danger of breaking the sixth commandment. Yeah. Because we could hurt somebody. It's a we could kill somebody with this. And and I remember writing that down and thinking, well, I don't want to say that. And I realized, no, I have to say that. Yeah. Because that's one of the, you know, we, we got to start facing this stuff and facing what's really new and what's really scary about this. And that's one of the things that's really scary. Sure. Is that just being around people, you could cause harm. And so that's, we, we've never thought that. And, and that's a very bad idea. Like, that, that's the truth. Being around people, we could cause harm during, during this pandemic. But once the pandemic clears, we need to, to pull back from that idea. No, we've got to be around each right. other. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need you know, Christianity, something to do with your body. Mm-hmm. And we, we honor our bodies. We're called the body of Christ. It was, it's Christ's body that, that rose from the grave. Yeah. Not just the idea of Christ, the concept of Christ, you know, some yeah. vapor, spirity thing. No, it was his body that then ascended and Amen. is with the Father now. Well, and, and you know, it is going to be a little strange for us, I think. Uh, it's going to be freeing, obviously, to come back together. But one of my concerns is, you know, we're doing, we're doing a lot of this online stuff. We're trying to produce a lot of content. We've been encouraging our folks to produce a lot of content right. and share that with us. Um, I think initially we're all going to want to go back to church and be with one another, but we're also going to continue some of this online ministry, and what we don't right. want people to think is, oh, well, that's good enough. It's not good enough right. at all, and um, we need to be together. We need that relationship, which is why it hurts so much to not be together. It's yeah. not natural. We weren't designed right. for this. Our Creator didn't make us this way. This right. is not what it means to be human beings, and so that's that's probably the darkest side of this mm. is that it 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 tears at the heart of what it means to be human. Yeah, and uh, that's probably part of what somebody will write in a book that we'll read mm-hmm. two or three years from now. Yep, and say, yeah, reflections on a he pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I have the though. title for whoever wants that. <laughs> Reflections on a pandemic. And, Pondering and, the pandemic. I don't, <laughs> no, that's, yours is better. Don't waste your pen. All right. Um, but I think what the um, what we have to deal with right now while we're in it is not breaking the sixth commandment. 
right? And, right. and the Westminster standards are very clear that it's not just a literal don't murder somebody, oh, yeah. but it's the protection and preservation and promotion of life. That's what the Sixth Commandment is about. Life. Right, physical right. life. Um, our biggest challenge when we come back from this is not breaking the Fourth Commandment and not ignoring the Sabbath right. and just being like, well, life's back to normal, and I can get my Bible study online, so I'm just going to be at the golf course because I couldn't do that for months. I'm going to go do that every Sunday morning. I think I, I'm just thinking ahead. There's going to be... We're going to have a great time for three weeks, and then like that <laughs> yeah. fourth week, the church will be empty. <laughs> like a ghost town. Because people will be just scattered, oh. you know? Like the entire country will be on vacation, getting in <laughs> each right. other's way. <laughs> Parks crowded. Walt Disney World, just forget about it. Those places, you I know? I could just imagine Dr. Fauci looking at it and saying, have you learned nothing right. <laughs> from all of this? And um, and I think that's a, that's a part of this. What can we learn from right. going through this, right? I mean, we don't want to come out the other side as uh, the exact same way that we went in spiritually, we we want to be able to learn what is God teaching us when He changes our plans like this. And I don't know anybody who didn't have their plans changed. Right. Everybody's been affected. This is literally a global pandemic. You go to any corner of the world, right? People were affected by the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so when God changes our plans like this, it's really it, it's it's frightening initially. It gets really frustrating because we we didn't want this. Um. But there is opportunity here if we approach right. this faithfully. So I wonder if we can spend a few minutes talking through that. What does it look like to to faithfully respond when God changes our plans on us? Well, it is educational. And clearly, flexibility is mm. a virtue. Flexibility is part of what it means to be a disciple. And we were looking earlier at Acts, you know, uh, Acts 16. Yeah. Um, the middle there, the Macedonian call. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, is that how you say it? Mysia. They attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went to Tro Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So there's some things in there that didn't change. The overall mission, what they're about, right. what they are bringing, wherever they're bringing it, but the plans obviously changed. And mm -hmm. uh, everyone had a part in those, you know, the... the God changed those plans a couple times, you know, uh, who knows what other situations, you know, factored in, but you can kind of give God the credit for all those yeah. as well. I mean, Luke's very clear, right? It right. was the spirit of Jesus that did not allow them to go where they wanted to go. Right. And, and they were, they were flexible. They were willing to obey. I mean, really flexibility means you're willing to obey where the Holy Spirit is leading you. And, um, and that's what they're doing here. They're being willing to obey the Holy Spirit we see even, um, you know, when, when Cornelius reaches out to Peter, right, right. earlier in the book of Acts. Right. And, and Peter, I don't think we call him the most flexible guy in no, the world. No, that that's, <laughs> that's a lesson in learning to be flexible. Right. And, and he eventually goes. Right. He goes and he meets Cornelius. He ends up leading not just Cornelius, but his whole family and those around him to Christ because he was willing to be flexible with what the Holy Spirit was putting in front of him. And, and Jesus challenged that from the beginning. You know, people had their—the Pharisees were rooted. This is how it's supposed to be, and so mm -hmm. he challenged that. And so God tends to do that, and he tends to do that in, in the world and in the lives of believers, especially. 
And so what the question that rises then is what's preventing me from being flexible? What's, yeah. what's giving me my, my, my stiff neck, you know, uh, what, what's, what's making me, uh, fight this, Yeah. you know, and as the, as the, I mean, you know, we all went through this as the virus started to appear. Like, well, it's in China, no big deal. Sure. Uh, I, I, every single one of us reached for a way to minimize. I went to Israel, man. <laughs> like, it's starting to happen. And at the beginning of March, I'm like, hey, let's take 20 of our folks to Israel. Let's go closer to the pandemic. Because, yeah, we'd already planned it. And yeah. it was an amazing time. We're going we're gonna to yeah. spend some time talking about that in another sure. episode. But... um. There's also a part of me that just didn't want to believe this was going to be as bad as it was. Yeah. And think so, positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think Come positive. On. Right. You know, have a good outlook on life. Everything's sunshine, rainbows. Yeah. We're going to Israel. And, and even while we were in Israel, we purposefully shielded ourselves from some of the news about what's going on back home because we're getting emails and texts from folks saying, are you going to get to come back? Are you guys okay? Is everything all right? We're realizing we're safer in Israel than if we had been in New York right. at the time. But still, we purposefully, so that we didn't get distracted from what we were doing, didn't think about it. Um, right. I think a lot of us did that. Whether it was a good thing we were focusing on or not, it's like, ah, just don't think about it. Well, when you just don't think about the things that, are, that God is throwing in our way, and, and I know it might make some folks uncomfortable to think God threw the virus in our way, but he's sovereign over all things. So right. it, it, in some way, we the have to... The alternative is worse. Right. So some people say, well, no, then oh, so there's somebody else in control. Now now you have two gods, mm-hmm. you know, fighting each other. That doesn't fit here at all. That's not in this book. Yeah. That's not in the Word. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when he puts something like this in our way, we, I think, have a tendency to say, I don't want to think about it. But it's in our way. And so we have to faithfully think, how are we going to go through this not how do we ignore this and, and pretend like right. everything's all right. That's not a big boulder in front of me on the highway as I'm driving. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just not gonna see it. Yep. No, just believe. Yeah. That it that, you know, because that's There's what faith a road is, under right? There. So yeah. I'm just gonna keep driving on the road. It didn't used to be a boulder. How do I know it's a real boulder and not just kind of strange looking fog? Yeah. Well, I'll find out, won't I? You know? <laughs> Everyone's gotta go sometime. I heard that a lot. I hear a lot of fatalism. Oh. You know, you heard that from the people on the beach who crowds, well, if I get it, I get it. Like yeah. yeah, and as a millennial, let me just say this. That was Speak not up. millennials on that beach. All right, that was Gen Z. That was not us. We were at home with our kids just trying to make it through school being canceled. All right, so I just want to, as the millennial here, say... Well, there's two of you. There's two of us, yeah. yeah. Jeff over here producing producer, for us, yeah. yeah. Um, that was not that. us. Quit blaming the millennials for what Gen Z did. I Now, now I kind of know. Yeah, now you're feeling us. <laughs> yeah, well, y'all's the generation Gen felt. Our tiny little generation between <laughs> the thin piece of meat between the two large pieces of bread. <laughs> Boomers and millennials. Man, we get blamed for everything. But, um, you know, I, I as we are thinking through, moving through this together faithfully, adapting to the change, being flexible... What are some of the things that, that you've employed in your own life to try and, and foster that flexibility? I mean, you got sideswiped with the rest of us. Yeah. You know, your, your pastors aren't immune to this. We're all having to figure this out. I mean, talk about flexibility. We're doing church and community online, and, and we didn't even have video sermons before this, much less all the now stuff we're we doing now. we never will be without it. That's right. Like- some things <laughs> have changed forever. Ever. Um, <laughs> but what are some of the ways that people can be flexible? Like, how do you practice the spiritual discipline of flexibility? 
Well, you know, so I like structure in my life. I like discipline. I feel like I thrive when I'm disciplined. And I annoy everyone in my life with this. You know, I learned early <laughs> on as a, as a leader in Goodwill or in the military, don't pay set. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be around you or even <laughs> look at you. So don't do that. And then in my family, I learned a little bit later, you know, just total rejection from every member of my family. Go, <laughs> go ahead and go for your run. When the dog won't even listen anymore. Right. Then, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so I, I, I'm always looking for ways to structure my life and, you know, be harder on myself. And I realized in this that that's not going to work. And that's legalistic. And that's just me being religious. And all that stuff where it might have been annoying or just mildly toxic before, it was highly toxic mm. as this thing hit in. So I just had to, I had to rely on grace. I had to forgive myself, you know, forgive the circumstances and say, you know what? I am tired. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm confused. I'm angry. I had a lot of anger, just angry. Yeah. Who, who am I angry at? You know, so, um, you know, it, it, I had to realize, you know, you have to reflect. So you have to you have to see flexibility as the standard. You have to read passages like we're reading in Acts and yeah. say that's how I'm supposed to be, yeah. and I'm not. Why? Well, and and you know you mentioned the word um, stiff neck before, right? And a lack of flexibility is condemned by God repeatedly in the Old Testament. It is. That's why I mentioned. It. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm just gonna shine a big old spotlight so that people don't miss that. That's a sin, right? And the whole nation of Israel is condemned for it, and. Um, what can often happen is we can take our stiff-necked, our rigidity, and we can put a spiritual veneer on it. Yeah. And we can become religiously faithful. Stiff-necked for Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is maybe religious faithfulness, but it ain't faithfulness to Jesus. And it doesn't work. Right. And it's toxic. Eventually, it destroys. All religion destroys. Yeah. You know, it, it turns something good, obedience, into something bad, condemnation. And... and Anytime people tried to make Jesus become more religious, he rejected it. Right. Anytime someone's like, hey, there's rules here that you need to be following, he'll say, hey, is that, is that how God has set this out, or are those your rules? Because if, if this is how God set it out, I'm following it. I'm obeying it. After all, he is God, right? Um, but if that's their rules, and it's their religious system they're placing on him, he is almost looking for ways to break that up and say there's a better way here. Well, we just came through the celebration of the last week of his life mm-hmm. on earth, and that's where we're, that was the highlight. I mean, he, he tossed the, the, the tables of the money changers, and, yeah. and he tossed more than that. I mean, the whole oh. system, the whole religious system, the whole way of you know, laddering your way up to God, earning favor with God, he, he destroyed it. Well, I mean, even physically he did, right? right. I mean, at his death, what do we see? But in, in Matthew's account, the curtain getting ripped from the top to the bottom, even the physical manifestation of that religious system right. is attacked by Jesus in his death and resurrection. Because it's not about religious systems and religious rigidity and religious faithfulness. It's about following Jesus. And in order to follow Jesus, sometimes we have to do things that don't feel, quote-unquote, right. Like, if you're really exhausted, it's taking a nap. Yeah. You know? I mean, it doesn't feel like you should, especially when you're used to working long hours, and now you're at home, and you don't know why you're tired at 10 a.m. Well, go to bed, because if you're tired at 10 a.m., you're going to be a monster by 4 p.m. when your kids are turning into monsters, and that's not a good that's not a that's good a, cocktail. No, no. <laughs> so go take a nap. And um, 
it's those things where we feel like we can't. But the Bible doesn't say we can't do these things. Right. Take care of yourself. Right. And and Absolutely. that kind of personal flexibility is key. And um and rel- religious flexibility is, is true spirituality in a lot of ways. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be flexible. God, as you just portrayed, Christ went to war mm. against some of this inflexibility. I mean, he did battle with it. He was merciless. He was unkind to the system. And so now, as we have our system ripped up around us, the floor, you know, tossed out from under us, one thing that's interesting is that we can, if we remember who Jesus is, remember what he did, how he worked, how he responded to things on earth, we can have closer fellowship with him. Mm. You know, and I think that's what's happening. I think, you know, as a church, and I think there's thousands of churches that are experiencing the same thing, we're, we're, we're coming into contact with who we really are. Like, wait a minute, take away our buildings and our being together? Well, that's that's what, that's that's church. We call the building church. I'm going to church. Right. You know, that's that's inaccurate. You know, that's not that's not correct. Sure. But that's we're so used to it. You know, and that's where in these buildings we have our experience and we will again. That's yeah, fine. There's sure. there's lots of uh, We need to gather together. Yeah. It's nice to have a space to do that. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's lots of stuff written about holy spaces and right. sacred spaces in the Bible. You know, people sometimes rail against that. You don't ever need to be in a building. Well, then all right. Whatever. <laughs> Tell yeah. the Old Testament that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. So I, it's, I think as we start to understand a little bit about Jesus and how he, how he dealt with things, how he interrupted things, you know, uh, I think there's a term that they use in business circles, and it's not interrupter or uh, I forget what it is. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a clue. Somebody will phone it in. Yep. Yeah. We're going to get an email now. <laughs> That's great. That's... Yeah. <laughs> So, but just a uh, somebody that just des- destroys the, the the standard, and it's not a godly standard; it's just kind of the earthly standard. That that's who Jesus was. Yeah. So now we, we can kind of feel closer to him in many ways because no of what we're going through, and we can keep that. We don't have to forget that. We don't have to dump that, jettison that when things get better. No, we add it in. Right. I, I think we we have in some ways unhealthily relied on the gathering together. We need to gather. Right. But, you know, this is forcing families, for example, what does it look like to disciple my kids when they can't go to Sunday school and they can't show up on Wednesday night? Right. You know, I mean, does that mean they're not going to get any any catechesis? Like, that's the old word, right? right. How do we catechize our kids? Um, what this might be doing is, is taking us back. What is truly fundamental? You know, I mean, way back in the day, the word fundamentalist didn't mean stodgy, head in their sand person. It meant someone who sticks to the fundamentals of the faith, and we're kind of being forced to rethink that again. What is right. truly fundamental about our relationship with Jesus? We're seeing, again, in a painful way, how vital and fundamental community is, but we're also being reminded that community without a personal walk with the Lord does just become kind of a religious activity. Right. Makes us well-rounded. I, I hear that a lot from some folks who are like, oh, well, we come to church because we just want to make sure our kids are well-rounded. You know, I would hear that when I was serving at a mainline church. We're like, so, so we haven't seen you in forever, but now you, you have a child and you're wanting to bring that child for baptism. You want to raise them in the faith. That's great. What brought you back? We want our kids to be well-rounded. 
Well, that's not the goal. <laughs> right. The goal is to raise your children up in, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, right? And King James fans just got really happy. Right. Raise the kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It's not about well-rounded. It's, it's getting back. What's fundamental? It's right. our relationship with Christ and what it means to follow him. It's really well-grounded Yeah. instead of well-rounded. And I think Amen. that's part of what we're seeing. You know, and I, I hope that people recognize it and enjoy it. Uh, for all that we're going through. There, lots of it's really bad and really negative. But even that is because of the way we process information as a society in 2020 through cable news and through internet and through immediate access, like wherever something bad is happening, the eyes of the whole world then absorb that. So it, it, it's happening in, in, in a, a, a square half a mile somewhere, but it's really happening in the hearts of everyone all over the world. They're all getting zinged by this. Yeah. You know, their emotions getting stabbed by something they're seeing. Yeah. So there's tons of that going on. And, it, it, you know, we talk about how tough it is in the city, but I, I haven't heard that many stories about how great all these medical workers right. are doing. The, the, the death toll should be much higher. Oh, man. And... and could you imagine if we didn't have those nurses, those physicians, those ambulance drivers? Like, how catastrophic would this be if not for those men and women on the front lines really caring for folks and saving lives? Actually saving lives. This is superhero stuff we're talking about. Yeah. And, and thousands of them. Amazing. Thousands of amazing human beings putting themselves on the line, inspiring the rest of us. Well, you know. and, and also those, those frontline workers who aren't in hospitals but are on places like grocery stores. Right. You know, I mean, those folks are regularly exposed to this thing, and they're, they're not getting paid a doctor's salary. I've heard some stories about grocery store behavior, too. A lot of people not respecting the social no. distance thing. I mean, the whole hoarding. You know, oh, I mean, we're famously, we're talking about toilet paper, but it's flour, it's eggs, it's, it's whatever, yeah. you know, that and people go after. So... Uh, you know, you have people trying to manage that behavior as they get things to people that they need. Right. And so, I, you know, I heard a, 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 an ad on the way over. It was just, you know, praising truckers. Yeah. And, 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 and people in transportation who are getting things to people that they need. Oh, and, yeah. And the reports of truckers talking to reporters, begging the general public, can you please stop doing what you're doing? Because we can't get the stuff to you fast enough. We're trying. We're sleeping in our trucks. We're not going home. We're doing everything we have to do. And these folks have done such incredible work. That that's why we do things like, you know, a thank you card campaign a couple weeks right. ago to, yeah. to try and say thank you to the folks who are on the yeah. front lines. And, you know, I think when it comes down to, you know, how do we, what do we do when God changes our plans? How do we respond? I think we look at it and say, well, this is an opportunity now for us to change. Yeah. It's, it's an opportunity for us to say, okay, what are the lenses I look things through? Do I... When, when I'm going through something unexpected and painful like this, is my immediate go-to my favorite pundit on cable news? Or is my immediate go-to the scriptures, maybe my pastors, spiritual, um, you know, spiritual giants in the church that we can turn to for advice and for comfort? You know, am I spending a ton of time binge-watching the next thing on Fox News or MSNBC? Or am I spending time listening to Bible studies and, and really grounding my faith, spending time with my family, spending time checking in on the elderly friends? I think it's an opportunity for us to change our priorities and change our lenses.
Yeah. We're having conversations now. Yeah. People are having conversations on the telephone. We've discovered that the telephone is not just this annoying app on our phones. You know? <laughs> right. I stole that from a comedian <laughs> somewhere. But, you know? That's what it was before. And now yeah. it's like, oh, I... There's a human voice, mm-hmm. instant response. Yeah, far more effective and efficient than texting. Oh, and, and much warmer. Yeah, and much more loving. Even with actually... all the emojis, <laughs> you can put a thousand emojis on. I mean, just turn to my daughters; they know how to do that. Yeah, you know. And so, I, my prayer for our church and and for whoever else is listening is that, um, in the midst of the the struggle of this, because it is a struggle, we don't want to deny the the struggle side. There is. A, a spirit-born opportunity to really grow in our love for the Lord and love for others, to really kind of cast off some of the religious rigidity that was there, maybe maybe examine our lenses. Yeah. I think a lot of us are more politically lensed than we are biblically lensed, and so right. we're, in, we're choosing that, sides, yeah. we're, we're being right. How is it possible you know? that a pandemic can become a political football? But we managed to do it, <laughs> and so it's it's just... It's thinking that through and saying, right. maybe I need to re-examine. I need to take a few minutes in prayer and and consider how should I change, how should I develop in my in my love for the Lord, and what does it look like to to commit to following Him and not just commit to a bunch of busy work. Um, and and sometimes our religious activities are just busy work. Yeah, and also just you know I know there's there's all kinds of characteristics in, in my personality that I tolerate and I even have an affection for, and they're not acceptable. Yeah. You know? I just think, well, that's who I am. I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. Because, you know, that jerks get things done, you know? So you got to have a jerk around if you want things done, you know? And so yeah. I, I, as I'm going through this experience with everyone else, I'm realizing, first of all, don't be hard on myself. Mm. Don't don't turn it around and be a jerk to myself. Right. Just acknowledge and say, you know, I'm going to let that go. Mm-hmm. God is that good. He's got me. I'm loved. I don't have to defend. I don't have to stay consistent with my past. Yeah. I can just leave it, leave it behind. Yeah. And, and grow up. Well, you know, and just grow a little bit. And I think one of our, our tendencies... I don't know if it's um, just because of, of being a human being. I don't know if it's exacerbated because of kind of our American way of thinking and doing life. But this kind of change is not me then sitting down and gritting my teeth and saying, now I'm going to change. I'm going to work really, really hard at changing. Legalistic. <laughs> Do more, try <laughs> harder. Right. The opposite of the gospel. That's not what we're saying. Right. What we're saying is, hey, there are parts of me that the Holy Spirit still is working on. I need to now surrender that to the Lord and have him do the work. So that, that keeps us from being a jerk to ourselves, right? Yeah, that's really where the gospel kicks in, you yeah. know, which is, that's our priority, that's our anchor, the gospel. God sent his son Amen. for us. His son, Jesus, did what needed to be done. We can't do it. We don't do it. We don't help him do it. We receive it. We yeah. rest in it. We rejoice in it. Amen. Well, I think that's a great place to stop for today. And, you know, Lord willing, this has been encouraging to those who are listening. And and hey, if you have somebody in your life who's just really struggling with this, the reason we're producing content is, yes, to build up our folks, but also we're in a community. Share this, you know, pass this along. Maybe this will be encouraging to somebody. Um, And we're going to do this regularly. We'll be here again next week with another episode, and we're going to keep talking about things. Um, And and we're going to we're going to address some of the stuff we're going through, but we're also going to say, hey, 
this isn't the entirety of our lives. We got to deal with coronavirus, but we also want to know more about who Jesus is. We want to talk about plans that we do have for the life of the church. We're going to get to know more of the folks in the church. Other pastors are going to show up and talk about the different ways that they are a part of this Goodwill family. So there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up. We want people tuning in and, um, we want people to, to be thinking, what does it look like to come out the other side of this stronger than we went in? Amen. And, and so that's our goal. We are grateful for you joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goodwill Talk. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.